0: Hello, this is Darrell Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, October 11, 2019. On this report, I'll be talking about Syria and about the President's recently announced decision to pull U.S. troops from that country. But first, let me remind you that next Friday, I will be attending the Constitution Party National Committee meeting, so there will be no Castle Report next week, God willing. I will be back with you Friday, October 25th. So, today is my 71st birthday, so happy birthday to me. I'm using this particular birthday to contemplate the last 71 years, what I've done with them. Many people, perhaps even most people, are retired at my age, but I'm still working. I am, in fact, working today. I sit here at this moment in my office, high above the streets of Memphis, ready to do what I've been doing for the last 40 years. Why am I still doing this? That's a relevant question, but the answer is fairly simple. It's what I do, what I know, what I'm good at. Some other reasons are that I enjoy it. I make money doing it. Finally, I don't envy the lives of the retired people in my profession. So, 71 years old today, 41 of those years have been spent married to the same woman. One of my favorite passages from the Psalms, 68.6, says the lonely he sets in families. That's exactly what he did for me. So 41 years as a husband, 35 years as a father, 27 years in the Constitution Party, almost 10 years doing this Castle Report with over 800 episodes now recorded. That's enough. That's enough about me. Because we're not here to talk about me, but about Syria, the ancient land where the Apostle Paul had his Damascus Road experience with Jesus some 2,000 years ago. It was then occupied by troops of the Roman Empire, but today, 2,000 years later, Syria is occupied by the troops of many empires, including Russia, Turkey, Iraq, Iran, and of course the United States of America along with the troops of the ruling Assad family. That family has run Syria now for about 50 years. And currently, the ruling family leader, Bandar al-Assad, does not seem anxious to give up power. In addition to the troops and equipment of all those countries, many independent military and quasi-military groups occupy Syria, including what's left of al-Qaeda, what's left of ISIS, along with the remnants of other terrorist groups such as Hezbollah and Hamas. Some of those groups fight to control territory. Some fight for or against Assad. But most fight, it seems, to act as a blocking force for their enemies, to prevent their enemies from gaining power and territory. The United States, so we were told, entered Syria with its military to fight ISIS and other terrorist groups. Along with the original purpose of regime change from Assad to one more to U.S. liking, Bandar al-Assad still runs the country, at least to an extent. But ISIS, according to President Trump, has been completely destroyed since ISIS has been destroyed. And that was the original purpose of going there. What reason could possibly be given for U.S. troops remaining on Syrian soil? There are many reasons to remain there. Many people who would prefer that the United States troops remain in Syria indefinitely, as they have in Iraq and Afghanistan. The U.S. troops, which according to available reports, number only about 1,000, are located along the northern border of Syria and the southern border of Turkey, the nation of Turkey, led by dictator Recep Tayyip Erdogan, wants desperately to be the dominant power in the region. Apparently, only the United States is keeping him from asserting his dominance by military force. There is a people group spread along the southern border of Turkey and the northern border of Syria, extending into both those countries as well as into northwestern Iraq. The Kurds, ancient enemies of the Turks, certainly do not want to be subjected to Turkish rule the Kurds have traditionally been friends of Russia, and as of late, friends of the United States, they fought with us. In our struggle against ISIS, the Kurds have a history of religious freedom and tolerance, and although Muslims, they prefer to allow Christians to live in their territory in peace, and many Christian refugees fleeing persecution, fleeing the fighting in their area, have settled in Kurdish territory. The Turks and Kurds have been fighting each other forever. Long before the United States became interested in their country, the area was part of the old Ottoman Empire before World War I and was divided into the existing nations by Great Britain at the conclusion of that war. Without very much regard for ethnic homelands, the Kurds wandered back and forth through the region. So when the British drew a line in the sand and said, that's the border, do not cross it, It didn't mean very much to them. It did, however, mean a lot to the Turks. So there's been conflict, bloodshed ever since. The United States finds itself in the midst of all this with a dilemma on its hands, on the one hand. Turkey is a NATO ally, and the United States has an air base in southern Turkey, which it uses to control that area and fight its wars, that base, called Incirlik. As the largest stockpile of U.S. nuclear weapons outside the United States, the weapons were stockpiled there during the Cold War as a threat and an offset to the nuclear weapons of the Soviet Union, which were pointed at Europe. It would be very bad if those weapons fell into the wrong hands. That's always a possibility. The Kurds are our friends and fellow warriors in the struggle against ISIS in northern Syria. The president tweeted the other day that ISIS was 100% destroyed, and he admitted the Kurds helped us do it, but he went on to say that they were well paid for their efforts, well paid in money and equipment. President Trump announced that he is ordering U.S. troops to leave northern Syria, coupled with the statements he made about the Kurds. Sounds like he means to do that. Turkey has been warning that it plans an invasion of northern Syria, To put down the Kurds and the SDF, or Syrian Defense Forces, Turkey has been restrained, except in rhetoric because of the United States, but recently has been indicated that the invasion will happen, even if U.S. forces are still there. 1,000 U.S. troops are not going to stop the Turkish army, reportedly one of the strongest in NATO, but they serve as a reminder that to take them on means taking on the full weight of the U.S. military, and as we speak... Things are happening in northern Syria, southern Turkey, the Turkish army invading into Syria to exert their dominance there. In the absence of the United States, the U.S. can strike any place in the region from its base at in Syria, from carriers at sea, from Saudi Arabia, from Israel, from Iraq. Therefore, it's not out of options. Having said that, I know the U.S., does not want a military conflict with the NATO allies, so it appears that the art of the deal is being exercised, a Turkish invasion of Syria, to establish a safe zone where Turkey could operate freely. In other words, Turkey would be safe. Northern Syria would probably have drastic consequences if it were done without the permission of the United States. Those consequences would include severe crippling sanctions against the Turkish economy, unless there was a prior deal. For some reason, President Trump has ordered U.S. troops withdrawn, so it appears Erdogan's threat is real, and he actually is going to do it, and in fact, as of right now, is doing it. Erdogan has been able to work out a ceasefire deal with Russia, allowing the Turkish troops freedom of movement in the area without regard to Russia, but until now, negotiations with the United States appear to have failed Russia awaits the imposition of sanctions against Turkey. Russia would love to see those sanctions because it would help Russia build a closer relationship with Erdogan, thus driving a wedge in the NATO withdrawal of U.S. troops from the area will obviously reduce the possibility of a clash between the U.S. and Turkish forces, as Erdogan seems determined to enter Syria. The Syrian Democratic Forces, RSDF, is a U.S. ally dominated by the Kurdish People's Protection Units, RYPG. Meanwhile, the remaining ISIS leadership probably licks its chops at the possibility of a U.S. withdrawal, especially Turkish conflict, with its old nemesis, the Kurds. It seems that the Trump administration has made a choice and has chosen the interest of a critical strategic ally, Turkey, over that of a loyal but very small local partner in the fight against the forces of international terrorism. I hope the Trump administration hasn't given away the Kurds for free. Surely, the dealmaker-in-chief got Turkish concessions in one form or another. This would seem to send out a clear signal to people, such as the Kurds at the U.S., Is not to be trusted. It also signals that to extricate ourselves from this impossible mess, we are willing to let them be slaughtered. President Trump didn't talk about any of this in his announcement, preferring instead to couch the withdrawal in terms of, we've been in a stupid war fighting someone else's battles for too long. I said I was going to end our participation. Now I'm doing it. That statement infuriated the neocons in both the House and the Senate, in both parties. They all got on board to say that it is a strategic mistake, similar to President Obama's decision to partially withdraw from Iraq, which the neocons blame for the rise of ISIS. The president, for his own reasons, doesn't want to publicly say, Look, I made a deal with Erdogan. It'll work out better for both countries if we leave those types of statements publicly made cause problems with friend and foe alike to counter U.S. withdrawal. And to give the U.S. something to lose, the Kurds have said that if they have to fight Turkey alone, the ISIS prisoners they have in custody just might get away. The other factor along those same lines is that Erdogan has two to three million migrants camped just inside the border of Turkey and he would like to be rid of them. If the U.S. could just withdraw, he could send them home to Syria, Iraq, or wherever they came from. These are probably people who don't really want to go to Europe or the United States. They'd be happy just to be free from the fighting. What about the Christians in the vast camps located in Kurdish territory where they have been protected? They, according to CBS News, Jerusalem, are terrified that the various jihadist groups will make victims and martyrs out of them. The Turkish army probably will as well. They will be forced, it seems to me, to look for protection from somewhere else, such as Russia, Iran, or wherever they can find it. Should Erdogan decide to give control back to Assad, it would put Israel, another key ally, at risk. It's a very difficult, troubling problem to have, to have to finally decide. That's one reason why never-ending wars never end. There's simply no good answers. Someone who has trusted your word is going to suffer when it's not good anymore. That's all why the horrible mistake is in entering these impossible conflicts in the first place. They've been killing each other over there for thousands of years. Their ethnic hatred, just as strong today as it was then. Knowing why they, that why do we want to give them someone to hate more than they hate each other? Finally, folks, I like to think that Washington learned something from Vietnam, but it's obvious it didn't. The lesson is don't get involved in the ethnic struggles of others. But if your predecessor has made that mistake, then correct it as soon as possible. Non-intervention is the correct policy in my view, certainly. This country should not allow its military to be used to commit aggression against innocent people who are no threat at all to us. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks. This is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.